Hello and welcome aboard another episode of the Gallant Says Podcast, live exclusively on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Gallant Says, the only place you can interact with this show as it goes. It is Thursday, April 7th of 2022, and we've got a lot of stuff to discuss today. You can also subscribe to this podcast, of course, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher. If you haven't already, like, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, fuck, I, I don't even know what each of those apps allows you to do, but do the thing. I'd appreciate it. I'm really bad at adulting, guys. I don't know how anyone does fucking anything. This is the thought that I had yesterday. So let's circle back to Friday. On Friday, I go to a bar in Houston called Wicklow Heights. I go to this place a lot. I'm sitting at the bar. I move from one table to another. And somehow I lost my wallet. I don't... Well, check that. I freaked out over it, of course, because I can't handle losing anything, and I have a ridiculous temper. But I think to myself, okay, I'll go back tomorrow to the bar. We'll see if it's there. Go back the next day. It's not there. All right, I'll check on Sunday. Maybe somebody finds it. Go back again. Not there. Debating going back again today. And now I got to find out how to get all the adult things that you need to walk around and drive cars go into apartment complexes that you might be looking at in life. Ugh. I mean, it sucks. It really sucks. I'm so bad at adulting. And now this week, I have been trying my hardest to juggle all sorts of things that I'm pretty sure every single adult has to do. And I'm just so overwhelmed by all of it. I can't even imagine having kids. I am such a fucking pussy when it comes to like taking all this stuff on. I'm like, oh, it's too hard. First off, replacing credit cards. Second off, replacing your ID. Third off, replacing some other cards that I had in my wallet. Fourth off, figuring out what is still being paid by what. Fifth off, realizing that to go and get your driver's license in Texas, say you maybe procrastinated and kicked the can down the road because you felt like spending a ton of money for Washington registration so that people who don't drive cars can continue to not drive cars and essentially you feel punished because you're polluting the environment. I figured, you know what, I'm just going to wait until my registration in Washington expires while I'm in Texas. No big deal. Who's going to care? But now... I found out today when I went to the DMV, and luckily I'd scheduled an appointment, so it's not like I was waiting in line for a really long period of time. But while I'm there, I realized that I need to get my car registered in Texas. And I just looked up at the sky, and I'm like, fuck, how do I do all these things? This is really not that hard. I have no clothes left because I haven't done any laundry because my apartment complex doesn't have a laundry machine anywhere nearby it. And I hate going to the laundromat. And by the way, I can't get cash for the laundromat because I don't have my debit card. Oh, I'm just so bad at adulting. And I just wonder, how do you do anything in life? Anything. Just let me know. I really need to know. Because I'm thinking to myself when I get home, I got to do this, 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 and this. Oh, yeah. And then I got to do this show. And then I got to cut up the clips from the radio show that I did. And then I got to cut up clips from this show. Then I got to post the actual podcast. How do you do things in life? I don't get it. I need hired help. And the money to actually hire help. Anyway, I'm a failure, so I uh, appreciate you guys. 
for bearing with me for that. But there's one thing that, you know, I'm actually not a failure at. In fact, I'm just fucking awesome at this. Today, for the first time in what? Two and a half years, I got to go back on TV. Want to watch your boy on Fox 26? Well, here I am with Fred Fowler, Nate Griffin, and Patrick Crate. Let's go. I want Carlos back. This snowed out tonight in Minnesota. What? Come back, Carlos. There's still a chance. I got to give Paul a chance to recover. You got 30 seconds. I still want Carlos oh! to back. The season hasn't started yet. No! Again, look, we'll see what happens with Jeremy Pena. My expectations, he's probably not going to be what we want. Without lineup, is he going to need to be? No, but look, I'm going to miss Carlos Correa. He stared at the camera and was making fun of Cody Bellinger. That was awesome. Yeah. I'm dope. Fucking mega... Talent, Stone Jam 206, you're a talent, you need helpers. I'm being somewhat sarcastic here because I actually hate myself, but I do think I'm good at TV. Am I a giant egomaniac if one of the things that doing TV today, which was an awesome opportunity, and I'm really thankful to Fox 26 for letting me come on because I've missed doing it, but am I an egomaniac all of a sudden thinking, you know what I hated most about Seattle? It's that no one ever invited me on TV. Me, man who did television show for six years. Yes, at Q57, whatever. Q57 was fucking awesome. I did TV for all these years. Where was my phone call? Where was my appearance? Look at me. Yes, I'm pasty. Yes, I needed to grow a beard to stop blinding people with my face. Yes, I have massive eyebrows. All of those things are distracting. But you can't deny the on-air talent there. How was I not on? How did no one invite me? Why am I bitter about this? Why am I not good at adulting? I don't know. I guess I'll never know the answer to any of that. But um, it was good to be back on television. It really was. And I'm hoping that I'll get to do it again. The joke that I made on the air was, hey, Carlos Correa, the Twins are not playing today because their game got snowed out against the Mariners. It was snowed out. Still time? There's still time to back out of your deal, right? I mean, the season hasn't officially started. Get Rusty Harden involved, back out of the contract. I would much rather have Carlos Correa than have Jeremy Pena. No offense to Jeremy Pena, but I need Carlos Correa back in my life, okay? What else has happened in the world of sports today? Well, you know what's pretty funny? Leave it to baseball to on opening day get completely upstaged by this guy here's tiger for just the seventh birdie all day here at 16. you know he factored in what he just saw from Louie. do it yeah Bam. he did first fist pump of the day from tiger woods add another memory at 16. Tiger back to one under. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Tiger Woods. Look, it's the laziest cliche in all of sports. Tiger Woods is the reason that people watch golf. But it's fucking true. And what would you rather be watching 
today. And look, the event takes place in the morning during the daylight hours. Of course, there's some baseball games tonight. The Astros games is until 838 Central Time, which is a really weird time to start. But if you get to pick between Tiger Woods back at the Masters and baseball, with Tiger Woods after a round tied for 11th, one under, I mean, no-brainer, right? You're picking Tiger Woods. You're picking golf. You're picking the comeback story, the second comeback story for Tiger Woods. And it's just hilarious to me that baseball, because of their own procrastination, is going to get upstaged on opening weekend, which is really the only relevant weekend for baseball until the NBA playoffs draw to a close. They are getting upstaged by golf because they fucked up. They could add a weekend to themselves. I now don't think they'll have it anywhere close to it. And it's great to see Tiger back. It really is. And clearly he was feeling very good about himself going into this tournament because he did, I think, a a practice round just about every single day. We'll see how he holds up over the entirety of the tournament. But look, I mean, even though he's coming off of an injury, you do have to remember while he has dealt with back injuries and leg injuries and all of these things, Tiger is a beast of an athlete. I feel pretty good about Tiger's ability to fight through the next couple of days and to make it all the way to Sunday, where we'll see red, and I can't wait. This has been Talking Golf. This is really all I know. I watch four majors a year at most, and I usually only watch on Sunday. Thursday and Friday, I just can't get into it. I watch the highlights, but between golf and baseball, what's the more old man sport? Baseball and golf are both perfect for weekend napping, right? On there's lots of lulls in action. You, especially in golf, you don't even hear anything for the most part. In baseball, you'll get cheering occasionally, but. Eh, there's, and you'll get that, 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 or let's go insert team cheers like that and stuff. But it does sort of fade into background ambience, sort of like one of those things that you might buy or an app that you might have on your phone that plays ambient noise so you can pass the fuck out. Isn't it crazy that they're so similar, but that the sport with the guy who is old tiger woods i mean he was born in 1975 he's 46 years old isn't it funny that we're having this conversation that golf the epitome of old man sport might be better for the younger generation than baseball i mean do you have a counter argument against it baseball does have young stars i get it but 162 games over a long season and a lot of inaction over the course of those 162 games, which sometimes take three and a half hours or a couple of majors a year. I know for me, one is significantly less taxing. And as someone getting older and older and older and dedicating less and less time to things because you got to prioritize the things you really like as you get closer and closer to the end. I don't know. I think that I think that baseball's the more old man sport these days. And we'll see if these new things that they're thinking about implementing will actually change that. 
So that has been, again, talking golf. I'm so good at it. One of my friends, because it's my birthday weekend, I know I sound like such a basic saying that, but he said, look, I'll put $10 down for you on a random golfer. And I was like, Kevin Kisner, 100 to 1. I don't know who the fuck he is. I don't know what he does. Let's see. Watch him not even actually have qualified for the tournament. Man, that would make sense for, you know, the 10 to 1 odds. Oh, he's 27th. Oh, he's tied for 62. Oh, shit. He's three over. Oh, uh, well, I mean, could be worse. He could be 10 over, like that Scottish guy, Lyle. VJ Singh, 83rd. Yeah, this is not, not good. So I guess I got to root for some folks to just completely shit the bed over the next couple of holes. Oh, God. Okay, that's been talking golf. I've said that five times too, haven't I? Let's shift into another topic. So uh, Whitney Merciless was a longtime Houston Texan. He was there for 10 years. I covered the majority of his time with the team. And look, he was a good player. First round pick, 26th overall in 2012. Thought maybe that he would add to a defense that lost Mario Williams in the offseason that was pretty damn good in 2011 that he would be able to keep it at the level it had been at because the Texans were going to win. They were going to win because Arian Foster was running for a ton of yards and Matt Schaub occasionally was making plays downfield. One healthy to Andre Johnson. So they draft him and he was good. Then he basically wanted out. He signed with the Green Bay Packers. He tore his, I think, biceps. Season ended. And he decided to hang him up. And good for him. He's... He's a good dude. I've met him before. We've had nice conversations. Uh, he gives back. But is he an all-time Texan? Is he going to be an all-time Texan? No, absolutely not. Uh, Sarah Barshop covers the Texans for ESPN.com. And look, I'm not going to dump on Sarah Barshop. If you are anyone that works in football all year long, you're looking for content pieces to put out there over the course of the long calendar year. And right now, the time between free agency's hottest moments and the draft, it's pretty much a dead period. And after the draft, you get a couple of days, and then the offseason, you really got to squeeze and squeeze and squeeze to find any story. So I don't blame Sarah Barshop asking this question. A former Texan retired. Let's have a conversation. Should Whitney Merciless be in the ring of honor? My God, though, are we really entertaining that? Are we really looking at Whitney Merciless and his career, which if you're asking for one specific moment from it, it's hard to really think of one, right? Are you really saying that he's one of the best Texans of all time? Andre Johnson should be in. J.J. Watt should be in. That's it right now. It's kind of embarrassing to say, well, Whitney Merciless belongs up there. Because if you put in Whitney Merciless, all right, well, how many other good Texans are you going to be putting in? Are you going to put in Matt Schaub? It was good for a little bit of time. Are you going to put in, man, Jonathan Joseph was probably on his level, probably higher, in fact. Kareem Jackson 
I guess Dwayne Brown? For being serious, I mean, those are the actual names that you would put out there before you don't actually put them in. But it led to an interesting conversation today on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5, the Vanessa Engelot radio show, which I've been doing by myself. Vanessa's still up in Indianapolis, and we're wishing the best for her and her family after her father passed away. But we decided to put together the sarcastic Texans Ring of Honor. Chris Brown, he who shanks a lot. Remember him? I think it was like 2009, 2008. Watch NFL primetime. Texans in a close game at the end. Chris Brown has a chance to hit the game-winning field goal, and he missed it. John Weeks. I mean, John Weeks is a long-tenured Texan. Maybe one of the best long snappers in NFL history based off of that. Vontae Leach. I guess you could say Whitney Merciless's Papa John's commercials belong there. Any of the HEB Texans ads belong in the Ring of Honor, the Texans' sarcastic Ring of Honor. Uh, Brock Osweiler's commercial with HEB where he's wearing a fucking cowboy hat. In the National Football League, if you are looking to compete, you need to buy nutrition from HEB. In the National Football League. And I would know about the National Football League because while I'm not from Texas, I'm from Montana and have a cowboy hat on in the National Football League. You know, every single trip to the grocery store has a different story. Sometimes you're going because you just need to go weekly. Other times you're going because you forgot to get something the time that you were going weekly. Like Paul probably does because he fucking forgets everything. But sometimes, listen, you just, in the National Football League, you've just got to get there and get in, get out, get some sushi, and that's it. I don't want to impersonate Brock Osweiler anymore. That was bad. More ones that we got as suggestions. Ben Tate. Ben Tate had some good moments at the very least, though. Sonic Sam Montgomery, who, if I'm not mistaken, Les Miles said, yeah, don't draft him, or was surprised that the Texans drafted him, I think back in 2013. Brennan Williams, who was more into anime and wrestling. Amon Green, oh, come on down. What a big signing that was. Sierra Wood, who's apparently been a legend, done some really fucked up shit over the last couple of years. But I remember Sierra Wood from that game against the Kansas City Chiefs in 2013 where he and Willie Jefferson were in the hotel room and they were smoking a doobie. They both ended up getting cut from the team. Derek Newton for having two patella injuries on one play. Ow, that was painful. That was painful to watch. Uh, someone tweeted in Lestar Gene. Oh, God. Remember him? I remember we had one offseason where people were trying to hype up Lestar Gene as a good opposite wide receiver to Andre Johnson. A nominee for me, speaking of that, Dwight Jones compared himself. He was this UNC undrafted rookie to Andre Johnson. I think he said he's the next Andre Johnson. And two days later, he retired before even playing. He was confident for a moment. Uh, We got fat Randy Bullock. Remember how, I think this was during 2018, the 2018-2019 season, Every time an announcer mixed up Deshaun with DeAndre or Deontay or called Kevin Walter, Kevin Walters or Owen Daniels, Owens Daniel or just Owen Daniel. The grass pallets at NRG Stadium. Oh, yeah, that was bad. Fucked up Jadevian Clowney's knee basically right away in his career. 
Uh, DJ Swearinger celebrating in the middle of the play. He did that against the Raiders. Look that up. That's a hilarious moment. He forced a fumble. Someone recovered it, and he just gets up, and he goes. It was incredible. Uh, the Rosencopter, and look, we would be remiss if we didn't add maybe the greatest song of all time to this list. It's football time in Houston, and we're ready to play. Oh, yeah. Football time in Houston, baby. Maybe the greatest song of all time. So we got some good ones from y'all, and I really appreciate them. And again, Whitney Merciless does not belong in the Texans ring of honor. Have a higher standard, please. Because if you start allowing everybody in, that's how we get to the point where we're looking at a a Davis Mills or another mediocre quarterback, and we're trying to talk ourselves into it. What else we got here? Oh, we got a, an interesting story. It has to do with who the Seahawks might be looking at at quarterback. This is a story from Pro Football Talk. The Seahawks acquired Drew Locke from the Broncos in the Russell Wilson trade, but they're still exploring the quarterback market. According to Ian Rappaport of NFL Media, Desmond Ritter is set to visit Seattle next Wednesday. He has visits set up with the Panthers and Steelers, a four-year starter at Cincinnati, Ritter threw for 3,334 yards with 30 touchdowns and eight picks as a senior, leading them to an appearance in the college football playoff. Huh. Ritter, along with Kenny Pickett from Pitt, Malik Willis from Liberty, Matt Corral from Ole Miss, Sam Howell from North Carolina, are thought of as the top quarterbacks in this year's draft. Desmond Ritter projected drafts. That's what I'm looking up. And look, the Seahawks do have a pretty good track record when it comes to quarterbacks. He's projected to be a late first or early second round pick, which is supposedly where the Seahawks are looking to draft a quarterback. Need more on one Desmond Ritter. Well, let's go to Jeremy Fowler. The picket is on the move, Jeremy. ESPN. And here is a little uh, clip from, I guess, yesterday. And uh, there's another quarterback that's starting to get some buzz around the league as well. What's going on with Desmond Ritter? Yeah, I'm hearing a lot of positivity from teams I talk to who believe he is rising in the process. Talked to one league exec who thought maybe spots 24 to 38 could be a sweet spot for him. If he's there in the early second round, definitely would get some strong interest. He's just considered very polished. You know, I talked to a team who, who interviewed Ritter who said that he had a plan outlined for how he was going to beat out a veteran in a training camp setting and become a starter in this league year one. He's got a ton of experience. Some question about... Huh. That's pretty interesting, right? He had a detailed plan about how he was going to beat out a veteran quarterback. Well, here's what I'm going to do, guys. I'm going to slash his tires so he won't be able to get to the stadium. I'm going to break into his apartment and I'm going to turn back his alarm clock so that he sleeps in too long. By the way, that was a thing that happened between Brian Hoyer and Ryan Mallett in the Texans quarterback competition back in 2015. I don't know how many people remember that. And then eventually, Ryan Mallett got cut because he couldn't make a flight on time. I wonder what that plan is. You know, if you ever read stories about Tom Brady 
as Drew Bledsoe's backup. There was one where I guess when he and Drew were in the same limo, Drew went inside a store to get something and Brady in the backseat basically asked Drew Bledsoe's limo driver, this is per the limo driver, like everything that there was to know about Drew. So Ritter has this outline. If he is doing this conversation with the Seattle Seahawks about how he's going to beat out all those veteran quarterbacks, and they would definitely listen, obviously, after what they saw Russell Wilson do with Matt Flynn. Maybe this is the guy that they're targeting. Maybe this is why they feel pretty comfortable with the idea of moving on from Russell Wilson and going to a quarterback who is supposedly as pro-ready as it gets. I, I, I don't know what the comparisons really are for Desmond Ritter, and I'll read a scouting report in a second. Hang on a sec. Uh, projection. Come on, computer. Don't fail me now. 6'4", 215 pounds, 44 and 6 as a starter, blah, blah, blah. Who gives a shit about that? An excellent athlete with all the physical tools necessary to be a dual threat success at the next level. At the same time, Ritter thrives as a pocket passer. He's operated in a pro-style offense and was an expert at making pre-snap adjustments and motions. Man, everything I hear here. Sounds a little bit like Russell Wilson except for tall. Ritter consistently showed on tape that he progressed through his reads, keeping his eyes downfield while showing off excellent pocket movement and diagnosing what's in front of him. He's got enough arm strength to hit on on off-platform throws as well as most throws inside of the numbers. Though, he does get a bit inconsistent when pushing the ball further down the field. His throws come out quick and clean with a tight motion on short throws. He has some of the cleanest feet in the class and looks like a refined quarterback who could start right away. So if the Seahawks are into him, this actually makes sense. And if he is outlining a plan to the Seahawks in some sort of a conversation or meeting about how to beat out the veteran quarterbacks, all I think he would need to do is say, you have Drew Locke and Geno fucking Smith. And then put on some sunglasses and walk out. That's all he needs to do. I'm intrigued by the idea of Desmond Ritter and... I've been trying to figure out the Seahawks this offseason because also there was a rumor about the Jets who are calling the Seahawks about um, DK Metcalf, and the Seahawks were like, no, just go away. If you're keeping DK Metcalf, if you're extending Quandre Diggs, you are trying to compete this year. It just is hard to envision them doing it with any of the quarterbacks that they have on the roster. And Drew Locke is not the guy. He isn't. They're saying this right now, and I think that they're trying their best to make it seem as if they are not actively targeting a quarterback in the first round, I would think that if Malik Willis falls to them at nine, that they would they would take a swing. If Desmond Ritter is available in the second round, though, based off of at least that description, is that they'd like it. And also, when you continue to read about his weaknesses, the biggest knock on Ritter comes on deep balls, where he would often be inconsistent and come up short or left hanging for roaming safeties to pick. Well, I think the Seahawks might be tired of the deep passes and big plays from Russell Wilson, seeing as he seemed to get addicted to it. All right, um, a couple other things I wanted to dive into before we hit the road. So there's been a lot of hullabaloo about one Will Smith, his slap at the Oscars. I know I've been talking about it a whole lot. But no one has really talked about something that took place in the world of the DC Comics universe. I don't know how many people have watched the Justice League movie. It was long. I watched the Snyder Cut. I didn't even watch the original one because I heard the original one wasn't very good. It heavily featured Cyborg, who basically got ridden out going forward because Joss Whedon was such a dick, I guess, as someone in charge of a movie, unprofessional. So that poor guy 
who played Cyborg kind of got screwed over in the long run. But this Ezra guy, Ezra Miller, who plays The Flash, I feel like he has been decent in that role. He's kind of quirky, gives you a bit of a vibe, sort of like in the uh, Marvel franchise. But apparently he's nuts. Just absolutely nuts. And if you need proof, here he is interacting with a fan. Did you want to fight? Is that the deal? I mean, that's him to the left in the red pea coat. You can see as I pause it right now, he looks pretty pissed off. Did you want to fight? I mean, I don't know if he's being serious here or joking, but it really seems serious. And based off of some of the stories about the guy of late um, that I've seen, yikes. So I guess what might happen is that the Flash movie, which I think is scheduled to be released either later this year or next year, it might actually get the plug pulled on it because I think WB said, yeah, we're reevaluating every project that we have with Ezra Miller going forward. And some of the other things that the guys happen, maybe he's dealing with mental illness or something like that, but it seems like he's an asshole. Um, because in the month of... I believe March, he made 10 phone calls to a stranger saying he was going to bury them and his slut wife. Jesus. He got arrested for disorderly conduct and because of frequent meltdowns in production last year on the flash, he has been described as losing it. And he actually attacked someone. And I mean, look, I know he's not Will Smith and he's not slapping someone at the Oscars. It's obviously a totally different story. But, whoa. I guess you could say that Will Smith is better than Ezra. I think... Damn it. I didn't do it right. You are definitely... Nope. Nope. The fucking... Nope. I gotta figure out my, uh, I gotta figure, <laughs> God, that was terrible. I gotta figure out my little drop buttons. Nope, that's the Astro song. Should we just play ourselves out with this one? There we go. I literally pressed every single button except for the one that I was supposed to. One more time. I guess you could say that Will Smith is better than Ezra. Miller. <laughs> I can't do adulting things that I need an assistant. Please, for the love of God, help. A spoon DJ says, Golf! Stone Jam 206 says, I would have loved to see you on TV in Seattle. I would have loved to be on Seattle TV too, but no one wanted me and everyone hates me. <sighs> if the Hawks don't bring in someone to compete at quarterback, it would go against philosophy. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that front. All right, let's play ourselves out by looking, doing something that I like to do. You know what I like? It's it's a guilty admission um, of mine. I like to go find relatively cringeworthy tweets or tweets that are annoying to me and just read, and especially if they come from celebrities, and to just read the comments of all the people who are kissing their ass. Smooch, smooch, smooch. So I saw this tweet from Mr. T yesterday. I just received my second Moderna booster vaccine, and I feel good. I am still going to wear my mask and keep my distance because the virus ain't over. Fool. 
and all the power in the world to you. I'm at the point now where I, I don't give a shit. You don't need to brag about it. There's no reason to flex about it anymore. If you're going to be extra safe, good on you. But at this point, we got to get back to living because this thing's going to be around with us for a really long period of time. And the mask thing, I'm in Texas now. I'm not doing that again. I'll do it at the airport. I'll do it where it's absolutely required. I suppose if I go back up to Seattle this summer, if there are still mask rules in place, I'll do them. But I'm done. I'm tired of it. This is just random flexing. So here are some just annoying tweets in response. Kamala Bijou, ever since this mask optional thing, I started, I noticed I find men who wear masks sexy. I think it's because it shows me that they're respectful, smart, and confident because they don't give a fuck what other people think. How do you think someone is sexy, though, with a mask on? How would you know? You can't see their face. What are you talking about? More tweets. Oh, boy. Some of them, I'm just looking at it, and I don't. I don't want to read it. I got my second booster at CVS yesterday while wearing two masks, and I picked up those free N95s while I was at it. Is that real? Is that real? What else do we got here? We wear masks to protect ourselves and others. Wearing a mask is an act of humanity. Okay, yeah, I got to stop. I'm going to go down a deep rabbit hole and continue to read this. All these people that are kissing his ass. I hope that he's getting some good money from Moderna to endorse said um, vaccine. Again, big vaccine, people. Big pharma. They're a thing. Nice take, Paul. Big thanks to everybody who tuned in today's edi- to today's edition of the Galant Says Podcast. It is live on Twitch. You can interact with me in real time in the comments section. And if you haven't already, follow twitch.tv slash says. That is the future of this show. That is the future of sports media. It is on Twitch. We're slowly building up the audience. I appreciate everybody who has made the jump. Stone Jam 206 and Spoon DJ today. Thank you very much for tuning in. This will also be up on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, etc. If you haven't already, please rate, review, follow, subscribe, all that jazz. Maybe I should write out in order as I continue to be awful at adulting all of the directions, all the call to actions to make it easier for you. Cause I'm basically like, yeah, do the things, do all those things. Follow the show on the things. Thank you. So long. Farewell. Have yourselves a wonderful Thursday.